I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is, is Friendshipping. And this week doesn't have a theme. We're just at C2E2. C2E2 is the theme. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us at Friendshipping Live at C2E2 2019. Hey! Oh, oh, oh thank you. I forgot that, like, people react to things because we usually do this in a closed room and, like, it's uh, the C2... Trin is usually my audience. Yeah, the CO2 levels keep rising. Things get a little loopier. Who has actually listened to our show before? Awesome. Okay, cool. So some people have no idea what's going on here, so maybe we should explain. Yeah, let's talk about our show. Uh, let's get very meta, talk about why we do what we do. Yeah, yeah. So Friendshipping is a podcast, which you probably have gathered by now, uh, with two hosts, which you probably have gathered by now. Uh, and it's about friendship, which also you probably should have gathered by now. Uh, what we do is we take questions from the internet about friendship, because we think that people should spend more time thinking about their friendships and the social component of their life as adults. Yeah, I think there's a lot of literature and advice about romantic relationships as adults, but not really that much about friendships. So we're trying to we're trying to be that resource, but only with the understanding that we are not experts and we mess up just as much as anybody else, which is kind of why we like to talk about our mistakes on the show. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only reason why we know anything is because of the multiple times that we have screwed up socially in our lives. Why don't we relive some of those very awkward moments Let's in do it. front of this audience right now? Yeah, so lest you think we know what we're talking about, we're each going to give an example of a time we have really messed up and made people feel bad. Yeah. Do you? How are you feeling? Do okay. you want to hit it? Do you so wanna... this is a story I've actually never shared, but it's like it's less humorous and just more cringy. And Do yours I is, know it? You're, no, you don't. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so, but yours is funny if it's the one I'm thinking of, the, oh, nap, the napkin one. I think I'm going to do the napkin story. There are just so many to pick from. Um, so Jen, go first, and okay. then while you do that, I'll shuffle through. So like, you know when you're at a restaurant and you're between two different omelets and you're not sure, so everybody else needs to order before you? That's what we're doing, Got except it. awkward moments. Okay, yours... Yes, I definitely want to get this over with. Okay, so this might be a little hard to explain because I've, I've never told this story before, but I decided on the cab right here, like, I'm just going to do it because it's so cringeworthy. I'm thrilled. Okay, so uh, I was a freshman in college, which is, so you're, I was like 18, 19, which is a terrible age to be. And I... Is anyone here 18, 19? No. It would take a lot of money to get me to be like 20 years old again. Yeah. Like a lot. I would do it, but it would take a lot of money. Like that turn of your decade years. Those are harsh. Rough. Uh, so I was, it was like freshman year, like the fall, and I was just starting to meet new people, like a new group. And, um, you know, I was dating someone at the time uh, named John and he, we went to school near each other and it was going great, whatever. But um, I was meeting all these new people and one of them I found out... He was going to go on to be a doctor. He's very good looking. Actually had a crush on me. And I found this very flattering because, you know, I was like fresh out of high school. I had my high school boyfriend. I was like, oh, wow, a guy has a crush on me. I love when people want to kiss you. Yeah, but he turned out to be a jerk. Oh. That's that's another story that we won't get into today. But anyway, um, I was telling uh, my boyfriend and my friends at the time, I was like, yeah, I think this guy has a crush on me. And then I said something really awful, which was, I just can't believe someone that good looking could ever like me. <laughs> And all eyes in the room swung to me. And my boyfriend at the time was like, ouch. Oh my gosh, I just put it together that, oh. Yeah, he was like, he was like, that's. And I was like, oh my God, I did not mean it like that, but I did, and I'm so sorry. Uh, I hate I hate how I made everyone feel terrible. Uh, the good news is that man is gonna become my husband this summer, so it kind of worked out. Just. But, 
but not, uh, not, not the doc, not the doctor. But you will no, no, fuck that. Excuse me. Whoops, I forgot we're not we, supposed we to swear. We just heard right before we went on stage, like nobody words, and I was like, poopy. And anyway, so like, now you know why you should never listen to me for advice. Welcome to our advice show, Trin. You're up. <laughs> Okay, so I have two stories. I have um, one where that I said on the podcast before where I made an ex-boyfriend eat a napkin. Oh, this is so good. Do it, do it. Okay, so, or, or, or it's when I ate a booger of somebody else. No, I hate that one. Let's do the first one. Oh, I really love that no, story. No, please, it really grosses me out. All right, out. all right. Okay, so we're at Corner Bakery downtown, and it was me and my ex, and who is a very nice dude. Like, uh, he's still super cool. He's one of those guys where you're like, if I could picture the most friendly, floppity, uh, golden <laughs> retriever puppy at the shelter, that's his personality. <laughs> like, he loves everyone, he loves music, and he's like a really cool dude. And I had met his best friend from childhood for the first time we're at the Corner Bakery, and whatever. And so the ex-boyfriend, he goes uh, to, the, to the restroom and it's me and the friend sitting there. And I was like, we should prank him. Because I'm like trying to like, you know, uh, find some common ground with this friend. Uh, and then he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's prank him. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? He didn't sound anything like that. He was actually a very smart guy. But I was like, what if I put a napkin in his burger and then he'll bite down on it and then he'll be like, LOL, you guys made me eat a napkin. That's so funny. Uh, okay, cool. So we do it. We put the napkin inside of the burger and we lie in wait. And then he comes back from the bathroom and he takes a bite into the sandwich or burger or whatever it was. And he just keeps eating it. So he ate the entire burger plus napkin. So he, he oh, ate. I love it a full-on napkin and we did not know what to do. Like, we were like, should we, like, we're like making eyes at each other. Like, should we stop this? Should we just let this go through? Is this really just like maybe a little extra insoluble fiber in his diet? I think it'll be okay. So we didn't know what to do, so we just leaned in. So we just let him eat the entire burger and then we walked out of the restaurant and I was like, okay, I think it's time to tell him like, haha, we made you eat a napkin. And he was like, that's, Literally not funny at yeah, all. You that's made me rude. eat an entire napkin. <laughs> what, what were you thinking? That was and so it, that was very awkward. And it hung in the air like a wet fart. And <laughs> we were all very upset with each other for the rest of the day. That is fantastic. So I like that your attempt to bond made the opposite happen. Yeah, and, and like and that's something that I think we uh, as humans uh, we have this like instinct that we want to make a group. You know, so when right. we're at a party or we're in a new place, we have this instinct to cause a problem or like neg the party. Like, lol, the music. So oh like man, bad that is such a phenomenon I've noticed too. Like if yeah. you're making small talk and you feel awkward about it at an event, it's easy to lean on stuff that, you, like point out stuff that is maybe negative about the event. Right, right, right. Like a lot of friendships I think are often based on like trashing on other people. Like if you're in like a negative place, like gossiping and like that's the same instinct right. that goes in. It never works out and occasionally someone will eat an entire napkin. <laughs> Let that be a warning to all of you. <laughs> So what's next in our notes, Benjamin Button? Oh, I just posted some pictures of us just because technically this is our three-year anniversary of the show. Oh, yeah, I forgot so, about wow. that. So, wow. Thank you. Thank wow, you. look how cute we are. We've always Precious memories. been this cute. We've never looked Here, awkward. Here, check this out. Wow. Oh. The graphic design is my passion. <laughs> it's coming soon. I spent a long time. Good. I spent a long time on this. Jen, I... <laughs> I just love you so deeply and so much for exactly the weird, weird person you are. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for bringing papyrus and corn nuggets to this component. Oh, I'm so of this glad program. you knew what that was. I'm yeah, is that for Tom? Yep. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Else. Yep. <laughs> that was Tom. Cool. Uh, what else? Do we want to answer? Oh, wait, it's our anniversary show. Let's talk about 
the us in oh, yeah. the past three years. So I think what we should do is spend a couple minutes talking about what we've learned about friendship and doing podcasts. Yes. And then we have some questions from the internet that we will answer. And then, this is a three-parter, in the very end, we are going to take question, friendship questions from all of you. Not all of you. I don't think we'll have time for every single person. But we'll take live questions. So... Think about what you might want to ask us, and you can ask us for advice about a friendship problem, or you can ask us, how do you make a podcast? Um, we only, our only request is that you don't ask us anything that will make any group of people sad. Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah, that would be a bummer to say into a microphone. And don't, uh, don't use names, because we might actually put this show online. Yeah, so you might we'll not edit use, it, yeah. but we're going to put it online at some point. Yeah. Yeah, and make sure that your question actually, like, ends with a question mark. Yeah. That is the hallmark of an actual question. Yeah, good point. <laughs> um, but that'll out. come in, like, the last 20, 15 minutes, so think about it. Yeah. But for now, back to us. Back to talking about us. I our love doing our that. Our favorite topic. Oh, so what did we learn about friendship and friendshipping over the past three years? The first thing that I would say that has been a very important takeaway for me from this podcast is that um, if we don't get a good enough reaction laughing at a joke, I can just edit the podcast <laughs> to make it sound like you really liked what I said. Oh, my God. It is so important to have an editor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, our, we have an editor now, Ian Parman, who does that for us. And I wish I had an editor for life. Gosh. For IRL times. That would make this much easier. <laughs> uh, and our ability to bleep over any of the swears that we want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So there's many a time when we stumble. I know we seem like very cool, smooth professionals right now. But yes. believe it or not, when we're in the studio, we do sometimes mess up. And it's in those moments that I say, Ian, cut that. And now it's like this phrase in the back of my mind whenever I do or say something I'm not particularly yeah. proud of. Ian, cut that. Yeah. Ian, just cut it. Yeah. Ian is just like a god to us now. He's not here anymore. That's like uh, when I used to play World of Warcraft, there was this object called the Hearthstone, and you would like to, like click it, and it would send you home, and it's kind of like this this reset. And so every now and again... Oh, I want to be sent home. Something awful happens. I'll be like, I, where's my Hearthstone? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it still recharging? This is no good. Uh, but the other things that we've learned is like, uh, I think that the, if there's one base problem that everybody comes to us with, it's that they are not considering that the problem might not be them and it might not be something that they can solve. Oh man. Yeah, that's true. There's no, nothing makes me feel worse than telling people there's nothing you can do about this. Except to, to learn how to feel better about it and right. to like change components of your life to work around it or like to let the friendship end or to move into a different location, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think um, we hear a lot from people who are very interested in having long-term deep all friendships your entire life. And to be honest, that's not always possible. Like no one likes to hear the bad news, but you will change. And isn't that a good thing? Isn't growing and changing a good thing? I think it is. It's not just for kids and, and teenagers, you know, growth. Growth, not just for kids. Yeah, not just for kids anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I also feel like another component that kind of keeps coming back up is trust in romantic relationships. Like we get a lot of questions about like, oh, my girlfriend's hanging out with a man for once in her life. Now what sort of thing? Yeah, questions straight from Mike Pence, we assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, mother told me I cannot... <laughs> Have, have lunch with my coworkers any longer. What shall I do? Mother, I saw a woman showing some ankle. What, what do I feel about this? Mother, my coworkers' wrists have haunted me every night. 
So now these are not real questions that we get. Now we're just making fun of Mike Pence. So maybe we should move along. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I don't well, want to give any more of my energy to that person. But what what happy things have we learned so far? I've taken a lot of strength from the fact that knowing that friendship and empathy and kindness really they're skills. Yeah. Which means. Uh, just like if you, you like skills you can practice and get better and feel stronger in. And that's like, it's like a lifelong journey. Like you will never be the perfect friend. You will also be a good friend sometimes and a crappy friend sometimes. Yeah. But you're not, I, it's doubtful to me that you are one or the other all the time. You know, and I think that uh, knowing that you're going to make mistakes, knowing that you're going to fail, knowing that you're going to fail to be empathetic sometimes, uh, it, it makes it easier to apologize quicker and stop the problem sooner instead of leaning in and letting the napkin get fully consumed. Yeah, good metaphor. I love yeah, the napkin yeah, right, metaphor. I brought it full, full circle, so yeah. they call it in the biz. Should we do some questions? I mean... I guess I will read this first one and yeah. it's kind of tricky I think. I think we're going to I think we're going to do terrible at this. Well, let's find out. And if people uh, have something to say about how poorly we do, then they could go to a new panel. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> Question 1. My friend had someone in her family suffer a serious health scare in the last year. The family member is doing better now, but there is no doubt that this was traumatic for everyone involved. Over the last year, this friend and her husband have been holding fundraiser after fundraiser about this cause, and every single one of them involves asking all of us in the friend group for money and for time. I donated the first time there was a fundraiser, not knowing it was going to be a regular request. I've gotten in the habit of just not responding since these requests have been online, but our friend group was out to dinner a few weeks ago, and we all felt kind of cornered into donating more. Other people in the group have been confiding in me that they are sick of these fundraisers and donation requests being shoved in their faces, whether it's for our money or our time. People can't even hang out with this couple without another fundraiser request winding up in the conversation. How do you navigate this with a friend? I know she went through a traumatic experience, but wanting to support this cause is taken so much on herself. I have other things I want to support and spend my money on, and it's become clear I'm not the only one who thinks that. Is it better to just throw a few bucks toward her fundraisers here and there to avoid a conflict? What if I tell her money is tight and then she calls me out on spending money on something else? That is such a good question. My schedule is pretty packed between work and other obligations. I don't want to spend the last few hours of free time I have helping sell, sell stuff at a bake sale or putting fundraisers on my Facebook. Help. Whoa. Oh, Whoa. I'm so glad this is not happening to me. I am so glad we're, we've taken extensive notes on this and are not answering this question live on the show. Yeah, we're not doing this on the fly whatsoever. So I think the first thing that's important to remember is to be sensitive to the fact that this person is doing this because they're still, quote, coping with the trauma. Um, I think the asker, in a, in a small way that I think is totally reasonable, is kind of making the situation about them. Your friend is not going to call you out about making other purchases and not being part of the charity because this is really about her and her healing. Yeah, I think they use the word traumatic a couple of times. And I think that's really important to remember that this isn't like a friend asking you to come to their improv show every week. This is something about a family member that was ill. And um, I have had fa close family members that have been very ill. And in those times, almost nothing is more important. It is like very consuming. It consumes your energy, your time. It's like the source of all your worry. Even if this family member is doing better, it clearly really got to this friend. So I can see why nothing seems more important than these fundraisers Absolutely. to this friend. And I don't think you want to get in the way of that. That said, it is completely reasonable 
totally fine to not give money and time over and over again. Yeah. Right now we're just dealing in hypotheticals at the right. moment. Um, you did the right thing, which was to participate to the degree you could, to the amount you could that uh, is comfortable for you. And that is all you're obligated to do. Uh, and it's cool that you supported your friend in the beginning. And the way that you continue supporting your friend, I think, is to just let her do her thing. Just let her do her thing. Run the marathons, like collect the money. You don't have to participate every time. Just be sensitive to the fact that this is, I think, going to be healing for them. Yeah, I think, I think it would be a shame to accidentally get in the way of their coping with your own feelings. Um, Trin, can you talk a little bit about, it's been a while since we touched on this subject, but I really, really like it. Uh, like the, the concentric circles of empathy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so concentric circle, circles everyone, of empathy. Everyone, pretend we have visuals. Yeah, we don't. I'm going to draw them with my fingers. So, uh, yeah, I did not think this up. Somebody who is smart thought this up. So the concentric circles of empathy are like this. There's like a big circle, and then what concentric circles mean is that there's small circles inside of those circles. So they get smaller and smaller and smaller. That's what concentric means. So now let's picture the smallest circle at the middle. When we're talking about trauma, this is the person who's directly affected by the trauma. So it's the family member who is ill. Outside of that circle is everybody who, in their immediate family and friends who cares about them the very deepest. They're one step away from the problem. So that would be the asker's friend. Yes. And then the big old circle is everybody else. So people who are a few steps out, um, people who are not personally close to this problem at all. Now that that's in your head, imagine everybody in this situation needs to throw up. <laughs> everybody needs to vomit. Except <laughs> instead of actual vomit, it's emotions. So, Same thing. Yeah, it's very close. Yeah. yeah. What you want to do is to never puke in a smaller bucket than what you have. Because there's not enough room in that bucket. You can't throw, fill it up with vomit. Does this make sense? So the person in the smallest circle, they can word vomit all of their problems and emotions and feelings on all of their friends that are close to them because they care. Those people cannot vomit onto the friend who is sick. They need to talk to somebody who's outside of those circles because the person who is sick is already dealing with too much. How much sense does this make? How I, am I doing? I think you did great. So basically the idea is you are, if you are complaining, you're complaining outward. Yes. And I actually think the asker is doing that, I which agree. is good. They're talking with their friends. And us. And us. They're, they're trying to cope through some pretty frustrating feelings outward. That's yes. a really good idea. Continue to follow that instinct. I think um, it sounds like they're gossiping a little bit with their friends and complaining about this. I actually think a little bit of gossip and a little bit of complaining is okay and natural because first of all, everyone's gonna like, there's no person that doesn't do it. And this, as long as you're gossiping responsibly, I think it's okay. And gossiping responsibly is, I need to get this emotion off my chest. I feel bad that I even have this emotion, but I need to get it all out. Yeah, there's something to be said for releasing that, getting that feeling out of you and moving on. Um, so Trin, do you think, I think I know the answer to this, but do you think there's a conversation this asker can have with the friend who's doing the fundraisers? No. Yeah, I didn't think so either. LMAO, no. Yeah, I don't think you can say, you're doing too many fundraisers for your family member. I don't think that's a thing. And I don't even think it's for the family member anymore. I think there's just doing uh, oh, in general? fundraisers yeah, yeah, for the Yeah, yeah, that's a good disease. point. Yeah. It's like, please stop doing all that charity work. Yeah, like, you can't what? do that. 
No, like I, there, there's so much good that's coming out of that for that person. Um, I think it's just, it's a you problem. You need to move a little bit further away. And again, this is all in hypotheticals. Nobody has made you feel bad for not participating. Maybe that's coming from you. Maybe you feel a little bad internally that you're not. That is so true. We got no evidence other than the fact that they were cornered. They said cornered at a dinner to donate anymore. But there was no direct guilt. Why haven't you done this? So that's true. That could be in your head. It could be something you're worrying about that may never happen. I also could com be completely wrong, as I sometimes am. Mm, no, not really. Thanks, Jen. Not usually. Uh, that is our disclaimer, though. We are often wrong. Do we want to go to uh, question two? I feel like we kind of wrapped that up nicely. I have one more thing to add, which is it is okay to not give money. Uh, I think you would say, what can you do in the situation? You could say, hey, I can't give any more money this month, but I'd, I'd be happy to share this link on Facebook. Yeah. Like, what's the low, what's the lowest, like, thing you can do and feel still feel comfortable and, like, you're supporting your friend? Because it sounds like, they, even if they do this forever, which they probably won't, it sounds like they need friendship. I agree. And I think even more than that, it's just give them some room to grieve in the way that they want to grieve. The end. The end. All right. Question two. Question two. This and then, one's not as difficult. This I is think. not as difficult. And when we're done with this one, then we're going to open up that mic right there for audience questions. Um, yeah, I'll keep thinking about those. Hi, friendshippers. Hello. I moved to my city about a year ago, and it's going pretty well. I've made a few friends through work and my roommate. I do feel like I'm in, I am on the outskirts of each friend group, though. Like, I'm not essential or really a core member or close friend with anyone. Is this because I'm still kind of the new kid? How do I get closer and make deeper friendships? Hmm. Oh, I feel like... Uh, I hate saying everybody feels like this every now and again because what a garbage thing to say to somebody. Like, it doesn't solve anything. It just reminds you that you're not the only person who has felt this way. But I think even people who are not new to their city occasionally look at their friends and think, y'all are hanging out without me. Absolutely. I think it's very common. That's the reason why it's the title of uh, Mindy Kaling's book, Are All My Friends Hanging Out Without Me? Aww. And other concerns. Even Mindy Kaling feels that way, and she's very cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think every now and again, people feel, uh, just to drop a Harry Potter reference, uh, like a like a silver trio more than a golden trio. Totally. You know what I'm like talking about. Like a Neville nerd. rather than a Ron. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, and I think part of that is just being a person and, and you know, feeling like you want to have deeper connections and feeling like you want to lay down roots. Um, but it's also just, you know, not everybody has enough time to make you part of their golden trio. Yeah, and I, I want to point out what the asker is doing very well. They're making friends. Yeah. Yeah, they do have friends through their roommate and through work, and that is not easy to do. Like, I would say give yourself some props for being new and putting in the effort. Uh, it is not easy to leave your home and go do things. It is often how you make friends, and I'm very sorry about that. But, no, but no. if you do start to make small talk more often, uh, engage with your coworkers, maybe go to some new things. That is not an easy ask for a lot of people. So good for you for even, even being a new to a city and still doing that, I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and then being in the city for a year, a year is a long time, but it is also not a long time. You know, uh, it's like we say, like life is short, but it's also very long. A year can change quite a bit, but it's also like, Eh, what, what was I doing in 2018? I was still freaking out about all the same things. Like I had yeah, all yeah. the same anxieties and it's just now they're a little bit worse kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Everything gets worse forever. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm not essential or really core member. Like that, that sucks. What happened to your old friends? 
Yeah, I mean, you are essential to someone, probably. I mean, you are probably someone's... I don't know. I just think maybe this person isn't taking stock of what they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably mean a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we're also, like I said, we're, we're cutting out everybody that they were friends with before they moved. Moving is difficult, and you do lose um, some of your friends. You don't communicate with them as often, or you communicate differently. Um, but if you're not feeling core and you're not feeling loved, um, I think maybe send some more text messages to those old friends or your sister, or um, if you're just placing all of this importance on specifically the friends you're making in this specific city, I feel like you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, that's a good point. We never recommend putting all your friend eggs in one friend basket. Yeah. Friends. It's not a good idea. I, th I like the idea of having um, a wider social network of people you can rely on. And that might mean, in this case, doing a little bit more work. Um, it might mean reaching out to people that uh, and asking uh, asking for a little love. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend this, this weekend, actually, who's, who's at a, so, a long social event that she wasn't very excited to be, about, be at. And she texted me, hey, can you just tell me that I'm valuable and that I'm a good friend and you love me? Aww. And I was like, heck yeah, I can do that. You need a reminder. Yeah, what a wonderful thing to do for your friend to tell them exactly what you need. How much work are you cutting out of their lives um, by saying, you don't even need to guess, send me an edible arrangement. <laughs> That's what I, I want. I thought you were going to say, send me an edible. Uh, <laughs> Jen, <laughs> I was like, this, this is, is a, a family this program. This is a kid's show. You can't say that. That's pretty funny. Though. Send me an edible Lots arrangement. Of <laughs> Lots of things can be eaten. We are not specifying what plants you can eat. That's, no, we, we're not. Let's move on. Let's move this. on, I think. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, God. What else? What else is to talk about in this question? I feel it's just like, man, chill out. You're doing okay. Like, I feel like they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves to be super tight with everybody around them. Yeah, and they also didn't give us any evidence of why they feel non-essential. Um, this much like the first asker, this might be something you solve internally. Yeah, like maybe you don't feel essential to yourself. Yeah, maybe you've got to do some. Um Meta thinking. Try and explain meta thinking to the people that don't know what it is. Meta thinking is when you think about why you think the way you do. So it's, oh God, it's such a fun process to think it's a about. It's terrible exercise. It's the worst. You have to think about like all of the weird trauma that you've been through and all of the dumb television you've listened to that has like yeah. told you like- All oh, the you, messages you're getting. All of the messages you're getting. Like all of the garbage society is training into you. And you think to yourself, what is coming from me what is coming from my outside expectations? And am I happy with those things interacting in my brain? That's awful. Yeah, it's going to hurt real bad. Yeah, yeah. Take some notes. Uh, eat something. Edible arrangement. <laughs> and just take, take a moment to take stock of all of the trash that's built up in your brain for the last few decades. Yeah, I think if you think about, if this, if this asker's thinking a bad thought about themselves, like no one here likes me, I would... Where's this thought coming from? Who is telling me this? Am I actually getting evidence of this? Which, sidebar, it could be. It could be that you're a jerk and need to start at ground zero and do a lot of work. We are not above telling you you might be an a-hole. You might. It's true. A-holes exist in this world. There might be one in this room. Might be one of us. Could be. They could be sitting at this table. <laughs> Uh, but it is true that, like, yeah, maybe you are a jerk. I, I seriously doubt it, though. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more like you need to start looking for evidence of your friends loving you 
instead of them disliking you. You know, there's also positive influences that may warp your perceptions about what you want in your life. Um, a good example is the very first question that we even got on this podcast was, uh, uh, I don't know if, who's familiar with Broad City, but it's a show about two best friends, uh, Alana and Abby. And the question was, how do I find the Alana to my Abby? And it's like, that's a great show for you to watch. I'm glad you're watching it, but it gave you an unrealistic expectation about what your best friend can be like for you. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of, uh, the, the example I always think of is uh, Parks and Rec with Leslie and Anne. They have a very close, ridiculously entertaining friendship, but your friendships do not need to look like that to be valuable. You might not even have a one single best friend. You might have a, a network of a couple people that you feel close to. All your best friends may have other best friends, and that's okay. Uh, nothing has to be an exact one-one ratio. Yeah. Yeah, I feel good about that. I can tell by the audience is loving it too. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah seeing lots of smiles, people crowding into the room. That's good. Yeah. Should we? Is the time to take audience questions? And if we don't get any, we're just going to ask each other questions uh, about my words specifically. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. Definitely. Cool. 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 If you um, have a question, if you have you a question, feel free to line up at the mic. It can be about friendship. It can be about podcasting. If you are about... not able to get to the microphone, raise your hand, and a volunteer will come and bring the microphone to you. Thanks, Cam. Cam, 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 cam. Hi. The, hi. Hi. Um, I'm wondering how do I maintain friendships with having um, uh, chronic pain and having to be in bed a lot and on medication? It makes me tired. That's an excellent question. Thank you for asking. And I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I, I feel like so neither of us have uh, the chronic pain problem. But what we can tell you is that we have friends who have uh, other limiting uh, limitations. So friends with like a bunch of kids that we don't see all the time for whatever reason, or friends who are um, handling a sick family member and it's eating up their time and making them tired too. Or if I have a friend that uh, does not want to ever leave his home. That can be limiting too. Yeah, um, but these are. This is uh, part of the sharing the burden of maintaining the connection. So I think it may start with. Uh, if you have an idea of, of what you need from your friends, if it's mm -hmm. like, hey, if you could send me the hottest memes because I'm not on Twitter all the time, mm -hmm. it would make me super happy to see yeah. a cat picture every now and again. Mm -hmm. Like, that is a totally valid thing to ask for. Mm -hmm. um, if it's like, hey, I'm going to order takeout to my home and I want you to like meet me here in a half hour just for like a quick hangout while I'm feeling good, then that's also good. Uh, it sucks because the burden is gonna be a little bit on you um, to ask for what you need, but because your friends are outside of this experience, there's no way for them to know what will help you the most. Um, how, how, what, how did we do? Good. Thank yeah. you. No, yeah, we try, uh, <laughs> we try not to uh, speak to the things that we aren't experiencing ourselves. I can say I agree with Trin that I would try to be as clear as possible in telling your friends what you need. And uh, it would also be helpful if you were like, I can hang out from 7 to 8.30 and then I need to I need to go to bed. You need to get out of my house. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. be, yeah. I would say start becoming comfortable with being very clear. If I had a friend with chronic pain that did that to me, I would consider it such a courtesy. Like, thank you so much for telling you how to, telling me how to take care of you and love you because everyone has different needs. Yeah, and if somebody's a jerk about that, then they're like a bad friend. Yeah, then you've learned some valuable information about this so-called friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank All you right. for your question. Thank We're you. gonna think about that more. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, we hope we did okay. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, I was just wondering, um, how you guys like dealt through like your like angsty teenage years because it's something that's like you know very 
It can be very hard on you. So. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. First of all, um, okay, so uh, we say the word angsty when it comes to people in their teens or, like, early 20s. And I think that we often do not assume uh, the amount of, like, emotional turmoil that it actually is. Because, oh, it's an angsty teen, hormones, whatever. Get on the radio with your hula hoops, youngster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, it, like it's, it's whatever. Um, but angst actually comes from the German word for fear. And, like, that's really what it is. It's like, this deep turmoil of, like, I don't even know how to act because I don't know who I am and how to act like that. And, and you're like, getting a lot of confusing messages. Yeah. And, and I'll, like... Yeah, I am I am not jealous of uh, anyone who's that age. Uh, but I will say, I agree, Trent. I think people are too dismissive of how strong and smart young people are. Yeah. And it, it bothers me. Like, teenagers don't have it easy. I yeah. don't think anybody has it easy, but I especially think young people don't. I think that, um, so, so just to make sure, so asking how we personally got through our own angsty years, not how I dealt with my brother's angsty years, because that's a very different answer. Um, so, so for me, it was literally, I, I went to, so I went to college, I went um, to UIC, and it was, I stayed in my dorm room a lot and played World of Warcraft and ate frozen burritos. And I decided that that was okay with me because I needed some time alone to think. And I, uh, and at the time, I fully judged myself for that. And if I could go back and say to like 19-year-old Trin, like, it's okay that you named your dorm room the Shire because you don't want to leave it. Like, <sighs> it's awesome. okay, like, for you to, like, go through um, what you're feeling. It was the first time I went to therapy. And the only reason I went to therapy is because I was in a psych 101 class, and they made us all write down the number for the campus therapist. And some, wow. and some people actually, like, took advantage of that. So I think that, like, uh, I think first like, acknowledging the real trauma that you're dealing with and not making light of it and uh, accepting that there's this part of yourself that you are sorting out, I think is a good place to start. Yeah, um, your question was, how did you deal with it? And I would say I actually didn't. Oh yeah, Yeah, I'm kind of dealing with it now still. <laughs> um, but yeah, much like Trin, I had, a, I had a rough time when I was about that age. Um, it's like just when you're starting to feel comfortable, 17, 18, around that age is when you're supposed to go off to college or leave the house or go find a job. It's like just when you're starting to meet new people, you're like thrown out the door again. Or just when you're starting to find your group, you're thrown out the door again, which yes. is at least the case for me. So uh, that's also around the time that I started seeing a therapist. And uh, it was like a it was like a college campus counselor kind of deal. We're and really lucky that we both had that opportunity. Yes, it's, it it's sucks and it's a shame that healthcare is behind a paywall. Um, and very, very lucky that I could walk to this campus. And I will say, I will say though, that it took me a long time to do it. I kept putting on my like calendar, if I don't feel better by this date, I'm going to go talk to a therapist. That's so good though. And, but then I would just keep pushing it back. That's so bad though. Totally is. <laughs> if I don't feel better by this date, I'm going. No, to this date. And that was just like, so if I could go back, I would say, just go. Just start it. Just yeah. go. Just see the date and go do it. Don't procrastinate on your mental health. And I uh, and I know that I mentioned World of Warcraft and kind of a <laughs> I was a nerd kind of thing. But like honestly, playing World of Warcraft and seeing myself get better at something was an extremely important component of feeling better. So whether that's like buying a plant and like making that plant thrive and like knowing that it relies on you to water it every day, um, or whether it's um, I'm volunteering at the animal shelter and they get walked if I go there and that makes me feel important. Um, Th these are things that you probably don't have energy to do, but when you do have it, <laughs> yeah. it's a good thing to try. What's energy? Good question. Yeah. <laughs> um, my final piece of advice for this, and it, I don't think it applies just to young people, but it is what kind of 
started to turn me around, which was when I, there are certain moments in a day when I would feel, at certain moments of every single day when I would feel bad anxiety, uh, where I would, uh, in the evenings when I would hold up in my dorm room, or even later after, after college when, um, after work, like the, like the hour after work was just, just, that was when everything started to hit me. Fill those times with some kind of productive distraction. World of Warcraft. It was not productive, but was a distraction. Yes, uh, but you also formed like online friendships, and that's very that's very productive. I know and good. way too much about Canadian music now because they were all Canadian. That's awesome, <laughs> um, and you look back on that with a lot of joy. I do. Trin. I really do. Yeah. So, like, what are I try to identify the times in my day that when I feel the worst and fill them with something good. Uh, for me, for recently, that was starting to volunteer at an animal shelter, and man, those dogs are really happy to see you, and that helps. I hope we helped a little bit. Please hang in there. Yeah. Thanks. Keep yeah. up the good work of being alive. Hi. Hey, what's up? Hey, I was, hi. hi. I know. How's it going? Uh, is it? Oh, hello. Oh, I'm so loud Ooh. now. All right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, one of my best friends in the world and I have never lived in the same city. Uh, we did meet IRL. We did not meet on the internet, shockingly, mm -hmm. although that is where we do most of our communication. Um, but we have never lived in the same city, and I do keep saying I'm going to move there, but realistically, I never will. Uh, she has a very tight-knit group of friends out there, and I'm friends with most of them online, or I'll hang out with them when I go hang out there. But it's kind of actually sort of, I guess, the inverse of the second question from the internet that you guys answered, yeah, yeah. Um, which is that I know very objectively that I am on the outside of that friends group, even though I, I do know that they love me and they care about me and vice versa, I'll never really be like part of it. Mm -hmm. So other than, you know, talk about it with my therapist, but like she's in it with me, she's too deep. I need something outside. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do I uh, kind of like come to terms with where I am like in relation to this social circle that barring me finally getting my bleep together and getting you. You know, making a lot of money and moving to New York City will always kind of be on the outside of. Got it. So do you want to move to New York City for other reasons than to be closer to your friends? Uh, I mean, it's a, other than the smell, it's, it is a nice city. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> no, I do, I do like New York a lot. It's really cool. And I know there's like lots of stuff to do there and right, it's right. like a great place to visit. And I feel like if I lived there, I'd probably live there for like a handful of years and then come back to Chicago because I love it here. But I would love to go out there and actually live. I mean, I have friends here, don't get me wrong, but like hang out with those people all the time. Do you feel at home here? Like, do you feel that you have roots in other people here? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just like, so this isn't like, oh no, my only friends are across the country totally. or anything. Yeah, this yeah. is just, I... You miss them. You got, I do. You got some FOMO. Yeah, yeah honestly, yeah, yeah. yes. Fear so much of FOMO. missing out. There's no swears in that. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. You totally do. And I, I imagine you might see them uh, post photos on social media or hear about their cool hangouts. And that hurts. It does. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with feeling a little bit of, oh, man, I wish I was there. <laughs> they look like they're having so much fun. Uh, but remember that uh, social media is life's highlight reel. Yeah. So they, uh, you are not seeing the 
boring, crappy nights they had. <laughs> yeah. You are not seeing the times they bickered with each other because uh, even the tightest oh, friend group. I see some of that too. But. You have seen some of that. <laughs> Got it. Okay, that's cool. So it sounds like you have a pretty realistic picture of their friendship, but also with a little bit of idealization because you're not there. Yeah, I mean, like you can't get around it being idealized. Even even with a very healthy understanding of like this is the Instagram filter version, mm -hmm. it's still like, I mean, also in New York, like, okay, there are there actual children here at all? Okay, because I'm not going to swear. I'm just gonna there is a something. child over here. Okay, someone raised their hand. I don't know if it was actual child or someone pretending. It's to be. cool. Don't worry about it. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do this real gentle, like. Okay, so you know when adults are of a certain age and they they kiss each other? Um, cool. Yeah, New York is just a bunch of that. It's everybody being angry at each other for making out with the wrong person. Okay, you're not missing that much. Trin is not That's actually a fan. like an uncannily accurate description of this friends group, so. Yeah, oh, yeah, cause, because I, I kind of know you and I know yeah. you're like a weird, like a weirdo like me too and like, our friends tend to not kiss the right people and be really angry at each other. It's artists, you know, like weird artists. So, so Trin is making the argument that it's good you're not there. Yeah. That is, that is awesome, Trin. I wouldn't have put it that way, but that's such a good point. And maybe your maybe New York does smell bad. <laughs> they don't have alleys. It's not their fault. I, I know it's Rent not is way too expensive. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, so the reason why we're talking like this is because this is one of those, like, man, there's not a real good solution here. Yeah. Like, in, and, but what's good is that it seems like you're dealing with this in very, very healthy ways, which is you are accepting of the fact that you do have FOMO from this friend group and that, like, there would be advantages of you going there, but it's not the right time. It doesn't really work. You're going to have a million of these situations. Like, it's going to be, you know, a romantic partner who is suddenly moving to Uruguay or whatever. Like, it's going to be a, a job that would have been so perfect, but they won't give you health care because it's America. You know? Like, it's, uh, it's, adulthood is a series of compromises, and you just have to make the ones that make you the happiest. And I feel like you're already doing that. Yeah, props. I feel like uh, you also mentioned you're talking about this in therapy, which, was always, which is always our advice if you're yes. able to get to a therapist to... to get some of that off your off your chest. I also think you're doing a good job of keeping in touch with these people, even yeah. though sometimes it hurts a little bit. Uh, I would say don't punish yourself for feeling a little bit jealous sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A little bit of jealousy is okay. Just a little. Yeah. Thank you for your great question. Yeah, totes. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. Yeah. I think Next. we have time for some more. Okay. We do. Yeah, we do. I think we can get through. Oh, I was like, Cam is, probably doesn't have a question. Cam, make up a question by the time we're done, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi. So I recently made the decision to move back home for my own mental health. Um, I know I'm probably going to be moving back here at some point, but one of the things that made that decision really hard is since moving here, I've probably made like the most solid group of friends. And I know the internet exists and I know there's a phone and oh, video yeah. chat, but I'm really crappy at maintaining long distance friendships. I do the oh, we're going to message each other, and we start off messaging each other, and then life gets in the way, and that messaging every day and having phone dates becomes, we should do this one day. Yep. And then a year goes by, and it's, hey, I just found that text message where I said we should call each other. What should I do to start now on maintaining those friendships once I move? Totally. So I have some advice about this because uh, my best friend lives in California, and uh, we used to we used to live close together, but we actually spent like ten years apart. Anyway, uh, my number one piece of advice for uh, talking to maintaining uh, distance and friendships is start where you are. If you are not a Skype person, 
you don't have to be a Skype person. If it is very unrealistic for you to have a phone call every single Sunday, like if it's too much social pressure, if you're like your schedules won't allow it, don't make yourself do it. Um, don't underestimate how how lovely and kind it is to receive one text message that says, hey, just thinking of you, miss you, without getting into a long conversation that maybe you can't maintain. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the one thing that I, so my best friend, uh, in, Jen's one of my, be my best friends. I have a other few best friends, but one of my dearest friends, my oldest friend, lives in Seattle, which is the worst thing. Uh, and what we do is every time we see each other, we say, okay, when's the next time I'll see you? And we're like, and even if it's a vague, like, oh, I'll fly over to Seattle in June or whatever. Like I put in my calendar, we're planning to see each other in June. We're going to do this. And I keep it in my mind, too. So, like, now, like, what is it, April? Is it still March? I don't even know. Yeah, still March, unfortunately. Oh, God. Anyway, so, like, I'll say, I'll think about it, and I'll say, oh, hey, June. We still on for June sort of thing? And, and it's a repetition of this time in the future where we are definitely going to do this. And when it's one month out, I'll say, hey, pick a weekend. Or, and, and that's not possible for everybody, and it's not possible to, um, to always keep these plans. But to be as concrete as you can and do as much of the work on your end as you can, which sucks, and I'm sorry that I have to tell this to you, <laughs> but since you're the one who's moving away, it's going to be um, on you to be like, oh, hey, we're going to do a friend weekend, I'm coming up, sort of thing. Um, how, how do we, what do you think? Yeah, I think, else? yeah, I think that's right. I think, um, you are going to have to maybe broaden how you communicate a little bit. I know I said like, start where you are, but, uh, if you have never sent an email to a friend, now it's probably time to, to give that a go. You're going to have to be a little more flexible in how you, if to stay in touch. It's true. I don't want you to strain yourself and feel guilty if you don't manage to get back to someone. Okay. First of all, that'd be hypocritical because I'm very bad at that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think you, some of the burden will be on you and, uh, my friends have recently gotten into sending each other postcards and it has become very hilarious because I don't know if you all have noticed if you've gone to any like overpriced restaurant in Chicago lately, but a lot of them give you a postcard yeah. along with the bill. It's like this fun trend. So now I have a lot of postcards to give from people like, hey, I had a steak. Here's a postcard. <laughs> yeah, it just um, and, and I also think and this I think this is my last component is um, Keep uh, making sure that you are placing value on the interactions that you have. So uh, when you send a text, make it a really meaningful text. And when somebody sends you one, be like, oh, yeah, they thought of me. Like, that's really cool. That means more now that I live further away from them than it did when I saw them all the time. That is a very good point. Yeah. Best of luck because it is a really, you know, it's a big transition. I'm glad you're doing something that's good for you, though. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you. Yeah. I think we have a couple more. One more? One more. Cool. Hello, I'm okay. This Hi, you're doing great. Hey, uh, so my name's Craig, and uh, I just stumbled into this. And um, so I'm just wondering, how would I follow your podcast, and how did this all start? I'm so glad you asked. <clears throat> bum, ba, ba, ba. Oh, wait. wait, hold on, it's not wait, showing up. It's not showing up. Oh, wait, I, we have to go through this again. You gotta do the whole thing, gotta do the whole thing. Okay, where's the corn? Corn. Got the corn? Wait, one more. Oh. And bum, ba. <laughs> did you know, Trin, you're playing the saxophone? Oh, am I? Yeah, that's a saxophone. Oh, thank you. And I, I'm wearing a medal because oh, I'm a star. The blue saxophone. There it is. There it okay. is. Okay, so thank you for your excellent question. Probably the best, most important question we've got, which is how can I continue to listen to your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're on all of the, the things on the phone. iTunes. Yeah. Um, Stitch, Stitcher, the one that everyone has an opinion about. Overcast, which I actually like. Yeah. That was for you, Alex. That was for our one Apple nerd. Um, so if you, if you have a question for us, um, friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at do friendship. 
do friendship. Get it? It's our theme song. Um, So go to this website and then I put a couple starter episodes on there. So like we have like 180 episodes. Don't go to the beginning. Don't go to the beginning. Like any podcast ever created, the beginning is not great. (laughs) Yeah, we got better, hopefully. Yeah, I think we've most improved us. So yeah, we have some, we have some starter episodes you can pick from. And then follow Jen at Jen Dangerous on Twitter and fave all of her tweets. That is also extremely important. If you take one thing, to follow the- Jen personally on Twitter. Thank you. That was a really uh, good last question. Thank you very much. Thank you for everybody who came, who asked a question. Um, we're going to be like bopping around for like just a short while longer because I have to go buy a pillow at uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. But uh, thank you so much. Follow us on whatever the, the link is gone. That Friendship on. between humans. Oh, hit the cue a little early. No, no, no. It's good. Play, okay. play me out, Jen. Nope. Play me out, Jen. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, you. everyone. You can start leaving now.